Hey, it's Garbage Brain University. I'm Drew Toothpaste. I'm Natalie B. Today, we're talking. Laundry. What do you think about laundry? Uh, I mean, it's a necessary thing, unless you're just going to wear your clothes and then throw them away. I've seen a guy that said he was going to do that. Did you see that? No. It's the guy who invented Soylent. He's a, we he's a yeah. weird little evil pig. See, he's got engineer brain. Engineers do this thing where they decide that because they've made it through engineering school that they can do anything else, neglecting to ever pay attention to the fact that engineering school is not very hard. Yeah. And so he decided that washing his clothes took too much water, so he ordered a bunch of identical jumpsuits. Yeah. The problem is, of course, he had these identical jumpsuits made in China, mm -hmm. so they had to be shipped to him. Right. He made them out of polyester, which I can't imagine is going to be a very comfortable material. No, it's going to be very sweaty. He lives in Los Angeles in a shipping container. Of course he does. So I can't imagine, or at least he did when he was doing this, so I can't imagine that this would be very helpful uh, in maintaining his body temperature. Also, taking your entire jumpsuit off every time you want to take a leak does not sound like a great mode of living to me. Maybe he had like one of those sub zippers. Oh, like, like a zipper that has a zip on both sides so you can like zip it from the top or you can zip it from the bottom. Okay. Okay. The first thing I thought when you said that is I thought you meant like around the bend. No, I meant like, like uh, <laughs> old timey pajama flap. Right. That'd be cool too, though. I have like secretly wanted a set of flappy butt underwear drawer things. The red ones. Like the long johns? Yeah. I thought that you'd make fun of me, though. <laughs> I wouldn't make fun of you in a bad way, but I would certainly, if you wore them around, <laughs> I would probably once a fortnight say something about them. <laughs> like, oh, nice flap, baby. Looking hot. I wouldn't do it to be mean, but it's just once in a while. I mean, you have you have to say something. Somebody wiggling that old 1890s butt flap. <laughs> All over the house, walking back and forth past you. Yeah, right. You mean it's tempting. Somebody got a poop flap. <laughs> it's not a poop flap. It's an erotic butt flap. <laughs> One time on my blog on the worst things for sale, I wrote up this whole article about crotchless underwear for women. Yeah. And I posted about it and I... <laughs> I kept saying in the article how the hole in it was so you could poop out of it without taking your underwear off. <laughs> and one time I, I tried to get dogpiled or canceled or something by people on Twitter and they posted that and they tried to pass it around. They're like, this guy is so dumb. <laughs> yeah. He thinks this is for pooping. <laughs> I never understood the crotchless underwear. It seems like, I don't know. I don't know. I actually found out after the fact it's actually for laundry because all your fluids come out of like the the midline. And they just dribble on the carpet. Yeah, the midline, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't have to be carpet. You can have hardwood. Right, the sidewalk. <laughs> That's great. That's bio. That goes that goes right goes into the watershed. It drains to river, like yeah. it says on the sewer grating. Right. Just flipping down the street.
It's got to be a way to do less laundry. Right, right. I mean, I can respect, like, wanting to have a very easy maintenance uniform. Yeah. Like, that is respectable to me. But the idea that you would just wear something and throw something away is ludicrous. Taking polyester and stuffing it into a landfill and, like, stomping it down with your foot... Right. Seems like uh, an incredibly wasteful way to treat the only earth you have. Just wear something that's made out of plants. Like cotton is made out of plants. Yeah. And if you throw cotton away into the woods, it'll eventually return to the dirt. Right. Like just think about all the things that people have made throughout history where we have no evidence of it because it rotted back into the earth. We don't make anything like that anymore. Everything we have is just like plastic, garbage, shit, and stuff that is going to just sit in the dirt forever. And the way that we throw the trash away is to cram it down. Uh It's really comical. You dig a hole and you cram it down really, really hard. And then you put some dirt on top and you essentially stomp on it with a bulldozer. You stomp it down until now you have a bigger hill that's full of trash. But the conditions of that compacted mound of trash that could be, you know, tens, hundreds, even thousands of feet tall is that there's no oxygen there. So nothing degrades, not even the cardboard. Mm -hmm. Right. You have an anaerobic environment. And so it's perfectly preserved like a mosquito in amber. Right. Is that stuff, though, if you dug it up and, like, loosened it up, would it just rot, all rot immediately? Like, when you get a bog body out of the ice or something? No, I'm not sure. Because if there's no bacteria down there, then it would probably, then you have something that's basically sterile. Right. Just rendered sterile by the conditions it's in. And there's probably some bacteria somewhere in there. Mm -hmm. If you take it out, would it rot immediately? It would probably rot at normal cardboard rate, I would guess. Right. Interesting. I really like thinking, you know, I like thinking about, I like thinking about future archaeologists, like in a thousand years or in 2000 years, like future archaeologists, like digging up the ruins of our fallen society and digging and they're like, oh, I found something. And then they pull it out and they're like, it is a used diaper. That is what is so galling to me about so many things is that we're rapidly using all of our resources for nothing, not even to be happy. Right. Just to have something to put the poop in. You could have just tossed it out in the yard, man, if you didn't do anything to it. If if we're digging up all the oil and mining all the bauxite and, you know, melting all the sand and we're doing all of this shit, we should at least have merry-go-rounds. Right. We should at least have stuff that's cool. Like using up the last of our resources so you could make your toaster connect to the internet. The hilarious thing about the toasters that connect to the internet, and again, I've written about this for many years, is that the toaster that connects to the internet has precious metals in it. Mm It has like gold and silver. Some chips and some micro components that are made use rare precious metals. Right, right. Some of them might use platinum. Some of them might use iridium. 
Right. Vanadium stuff you're just not going to see in your backyard. Right, but you're going to chuck that toaster as soon as they don't update it in the app store anymore. Oh yeah, that toaster's got like a two-year lifetime max. Unless you're planning on opening up the toaster and like hot wiring it to the plug on the wall. Right, right. It is either going to not get supported anymore in three or four years or the toaster startup company is going to fold and they're just going to be like, fuck you. (laughs) Figure it out yourself, genius. (laughs) That's what they're using our resources for and diapers and stuff that people just like wipe their butts with and then throw away immediately. The Swiffer pads, that's oh, a favorite. I hate those. Yeah. That's a favorite of mine. How can you take <laughs> the a little bit of dust and crumbs in your house? How can you convert that to essentially like a diaper's worth of plastic? Right, right. I am so in love with microfiber cloths. Like I clean everything with them and then you wash them. And then guess what? You still have them. Can you believe it? It's amazing. Imagine you use a product and then it's not gone. You don't have to cram it down in the trash under your polyester jumpsuit you wore once. Was he just buying a shipping container full of polyester jumpsuits and keeping it next to the shipping container he lived in? I mean, I'm not... Did he get color variety at least? I'm really not sure on the logistics. I would imagine that he, as soon as he got his little burst of publicity, I'm sure he went back to wearing normal clothing because wearing a polyester jumpsuit just does not hit. I can't imagine it hitting. No, no. But this is the same guy who decided that he was... Part of the thing, he decided he was generating so much waste that he took an overdose of antibiotics to kill all of his gut bacteria, and then he only consumed like a special version of Soylent he made that wouldn't make him crap. So he made it so he didn't poop anymore? Yeah. Did it work? Did he go to the hospital? I don't know. I really don't know. I didn't, you know, part of the way that I stay sane online, you know, some people are like, oh, doom site, the hell site, the doom scroll. Uh, Part of the way that I stay sane is when I see people doing that stuff, I just close it. Right. I don't need to see stuff that's hateful. If something pops up and tells me something hateful, tells me that a bad guy said something bad about a group of people, I just don't have to read it. Right, right. You know, if there's a doom site where you doom scroll all the time, if people simply did not scroll, then that website would be like, man, we need to really change our image and get people back to scrolling, right? But when you tell them what you want is to doom scroll, it'll be like, here it is, baby, coming right up, right? I mean, I don't know. I hope the guy's doing better. He was shipping moldy Soylent for a while. I wouldn't eat that stuff with someone else's mouth. Right, right. I would just because I'd want to hear about it. Be like, why don't you eat that and tell me about it? I want to hear about how he didn't poop. Like, I, that's, your body makes stuff that it needs to get rid of, man. So he killed all of his gut bacteria, which is bad because this is also, you know how I told you about engineer's brain? This is like the engineer's curse is that an engineer can sometimes look at a system because part of engineering is defining a system, Mm -hmm. right? So if you define the earth as a system, you see that there's solar energy coming into the earth and there's not much being exhausted from the earth except occasionally a satellite or a rocket. Right. And so you can define that system. Well, an engineer who is not defining the problem well might draw a system around a car full of people and watch the people get out. And then his conclusion would be that a car is a machine that makes people. Yeah, right. (laughs) So this is like a classic engineer's folly. Right. 
Right. Of course, again, an engineer who doesn't have any knowledge about biology thinking that all he's going to do is kill his gut bacteria and then this will do something certain to him that works in this material sense, uh, completely ignoring the fact that you are your gut bacteria, your gut bacteria uh, interact with your nervous system and, you know, leaving aside all the metaphysical aspects of you being like a school for the children in your guts. Right. (laughs) Like, you're just a building, Mm -hmm. man. You're the city bus, and everybody's riding you around, right? Right. Beside all of that and the fact that you're responsible for them, why don't you take care of them? Why don't you like them more? Right. you get, like, really bad depression and shit if you killed off all your gut bacteria, wouldn't you? Well, yeah, because you are your gut bacteria. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so even leaving that aside, you would understand if you had a basic concept of biology, you would understand that they help you absorb nutrients from your food and they perform functions for your body that help you as a living human being. And not to mention that like a large portion of what you crap out is like dead blood cells and mucus and stuff that you would crap out regardless of whether you were having a low residue diet. Yeah, you're gonna have bilirubin. Mm-hmm. You're gonna have like the fucking worst shits if you're not mixing some food in there with them. Those are gonna be the fucking weirdest, grossest poops. You're gonna have bile and mucus. Mm-hmm. And dead blood cells. It's just gonna be like tar. You're gonna have like the worst tar poops ever. And it's gonna probably smell like absolute death. It's engineer juice. After you have the paint peeling diarrhea that would come along with killing off all the bacteria in your guts. <laughs> anyway. I'm not sure what this proved. I think the guy lived in California, so did, he yeah. was like water centric and he's like, water's the problem. Well, no, water isn't a problem. You just don't have any there because of the poor urban planning. <laughs> Right. Okay, Lake Mead is at its lowest level in, what, a hundred odd years? Mm-hmm. So the Colorado River is not going to have any water in it downstream of, uh, of the Hoover Dam, I think. And this is due to the poor urban planning. People are dumping water out into the desert on their lawns. Right, right. And the water cycle is carrying the water away. Mm-hmm. That's what it does. It's not that the water disappears. The water is going somewhere else. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Just like when people are always like, it takes 90,000 gallons of water to make an almond. You dump it on the ground, bitch. It's in the water table now. <laughs> right? It didn't. See, this is the thing. Sometimes you can. You can do the system thing. Draw a dotted line around the earth, okay? Is the water going into space? No, it's not. So all the water is here. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of where you are and where the water is. Right. Right, right. Is water access an issue? Yes, but the way that the media talks about water access in places like the desert in the Southwest is they talk about water access for new developments. And now the developers are claiming they can't develop there because they can't get access to the public water system because that would put the public water system over capacity. Mm -hmm. There's not enough water for people in that spot, so they won't give you the ability to access the public water system. And so the developers are very mad because they can't make their development money. Right, right. When they say water access, that's typically what they mean when they're talking about it in the news. Right, right. 
So this guy lives in L.A., and so he decided that the one environmental problem is water. Mm -hmm. So he decided to make a statement on that by only wearing polyester jumpsuits that were that were flown 10,000 miles. Right. And uh, never shitting. <laughs> I guess, you know, if it's yellow, let it mellow. If it's brown, flush it down. <laughs> if you never do a brown, you never have to flush it down. I, I mean, it's pretty galaxy brain shit he's on right there. I, you know what? I have a theory that anything that rhymes must be true. I believe that. <laughs> what Does it matter what's true? I'm not trying to sound like I'm anti-truth, but like, does it matter? Does it matter what's true? Because like, there's a lot of things that are true and no one gives a shit, right? So if we're not going to do anything about the stuff that's true and we can't do anything about the stuff that's not true, like, what does it fucking matter? Like, whatever. Who gives a shit? <laughs> we're just playing Trivial Pursuit as all the deck chairs slide past us at this right, point. Right, I mean, and you know, you can't even get mad about that because even if, even if we, like, in the last inning, we really rally and we turn this fucking motherfucker around, even if that happens, we're still all gonna die. Everyone is. It's just like, who cares, right? It's just, we are totally inconsequential. There's not a single person talking on this podcast or listening to this podcast who anyone will remember in a thousand years. So you just have to like look at things with like a little bit of perspective and be like, it really doesn't matter. It does not matter. <laughs> no, it doesn't. And you know, I just want my gut bacteria to have a good time. Once a week, I want to give them some ice cream. Right, right. If you start farting, that means they're partying. Right. They're like getting it. They're like, yeah, it's sugar, baby. Yeah, it's that, that's that good stuff. They love it. They love to ferment it. They get down on it. You know how in other societies, instead of clapping, they do something else. They honk their nose or something. Right. Mack their elbows together. They smack. Oh, don't do that. That is not a good sound. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I've never heard that sound before. <laughs> Right. <laughs> never. Never. So Natalie, tell me, what is laundry? Laundry refers to the washing of clothing and other textiles. And more broadly, they're drying and ironing as well. Laundry has been a part of history since humans began to wear clothes. So the methods by which different cultures have dealt with this universal human need are of interest to several branches of scholarship. Everybody has been washing their clothes since they put clothes on. It makes sense. There's something about having to do it. You know, I like having clean clothes. I chiefly wear clean clothes. I would say, okay, you're awake 16 hours hours, right? Mm -hmm. How much out of the 16 hours of the day do you wear clean clothes? I'd say my clothes don't really start getting dirty until until the last hours. Yeah. And I usually try to, you know, I always try to to focus if I'm going to be exercising or I'm going to be working in the yard or whatever. I always, you know, I'm going to go wash after. I'm going to mm -hmm. go take a shower after. So if I got dirty clothes on, I'm only going to wear them for two, three hours. I'd say right. most of the time I wear clean clothes. Right. I think that my, my routine is that every time I change, I take a shower or whatever, I change my shirt and I change like my out, my clothing, my underwear, my socks, that kind of stuff. But I will rewear pants. Pants don't count. Pants don't count. That's the thing with laundry. That's, you know... Everybody knows this, but few are brave enough to say it. Right. I will also rewear a bra a few times. What are you going to do? There's some Bras things... are so fucking expensive. If someone wants to come over to my house and buy me nine or ten $80 bras, they can do that. And then I will change my bra every time. But until that happens, I'm not going to buy those bras. And I mean, honestly, I'm not a very sweaty person. I'm not a very smelly person. Like, I never smell bad. I actually always smell fantastic, so I'm not worried about it. <laughs> 
But you know what? Sound off in the Discord, ladies. You know you don't wash your bra every single time you wear it. You wear it more than once, right? Sound off in the Discord. I mean, it's like I'm very much not the only person who does that. I can assure you. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. And plus there's all that kind of shit like, oh, you got to hand wash it. You got to like kiss it on its little clasped Tell them how good they are. Like all the like weird bra washing rules. Yeah, I did not know the kissing thing. You know what? Fuck it. Like, I don't give a shit anymore. Like, I'm going to get the laziest bras in the world that you can just chuck in the wash with the rest of the shit. And I'm never going to hand wash a bra. You can come over here and kiss my fat ass if you think I'm going to hand wash anything at all. You should, <laughs> you should get disposable ones. <laughs> no. <laughs> disposable bras yeah accelerationism let's just let's <laughs> go faster up. faster faster let's come on wrap it come up on. wrap it up wrap it up wrap it up wrap come it up on. i'm not getting to enlightenment this round let's just go <laughs> i don't know i'm like i'm like 20 percent enlightened probably at this point 20 percent. yeah probably about that much i'm not saying i'm enlightened but i'm working on it <laughs> i might be able to make it before we run this shit into the ground you got a longer lifespan than me you got a fighting chance. You know, I, I try hard. I try to be a good person. I try to do the right thing. But I I don't think I'm going to make it. I think I might get to dog. Yeah. I think I'm going to come back. I'm going to be a dog. We'll see how it goes from there. Yeah. I would really like to not have to be reborn onto this planet after, after we run it into the ground. Because the next round is not going to be fun. Well. It's going to be like techno caveman. <laughs> Hellscape. In that... <laughs> You know, techno caveman hellscape, it, it looked a lot cooler in the movies. It's actually not fun. Right, right. I'm not about it. Well, you know, we've talked about this before. I think it's an eminent possibility that the global consciousness is not bound to time. I think you could easily come back as a dog in like 1993. That might right. be fine. Right. You it's could true. come back as a dog in 7,000. Maybe things will have turned around. Right. Right. You might come back as a dog in 7,000 and you might be running things. <laughs> dog world. <laughs> when, see, here's the thing. You go and, oh, come to the light. Okay, why not? <laughs> and They're like, psych, you're a dog. And, and no, not psych. It's like, congrats. You know, they run the stats like people killed zero. That's pretty good. Yeah. And uh, crimes committed, uh, 18, I don't know. Low, <laughs> low number, but reasonable. Sometimes you have to Martin Luther King it. You have to break the laws that are wrong. Right, right. And, uh, you know, congrats. You know, you leveled up and uh, you're a dog and you, you come back and you're a dog and you're like, great. Okay, man. Sick. I made it. And you go and the dogs are doing well. And you're like, hell yeah, I'm a dog. And you have your dog family and everybody loves each other and you look out for each other. And then you get to adulthood and you realize that now the dogs are running the planet into the ground. Right. <laughs> There's a dog that eats rifampicin and kills off all of his gut bacteria and is shitting mucus everywhere. Right, right. <laughs> I like the idea that you are a white man, and if you do a really good job of being a white man, you will go up level, and the level above white man is a dog. Well, first of all, I would not, I would not stratify 
the human experience based on based on race and gender. Right. I just say white man as like that's a pretty nice dice roll to get. Oh yeah. I mean if you were rolling for D and D and you your character class ended up being white man in America born late seventies, if you don't at least have a good time, you did something wrong. Right, right. The whole society is set up just so you could have a good time. At yeah. the expense of literally everybody else. Yeah, you're having <laughs> You're having a good time at the climax of society. And you know what? Like I said, I think I've done okay. You know, I could have gone into the oil industry. And I was like, that is not for me. Right, right. I actually specifically received training to go into the oil industry. And I was like, (laughs) I actually don't like this. Oh, man, we would have been a lot richer if you did that, though. Yeah, that's the thing (laughs) with oil money. That's pretty classically a good way to make money. Right. Oil money. Oil money. (laughs) Who invented laundry? People in the old days washing clothes. How did they do that? They would do it in the rivers and water around where they were. They would just like beat it on a rock and let the water run over it and stuff and get the dirt and crap to come off of it. Isn't that what you said you do with your hair? Don't you don't you put a towel down? You like headbang onto the towel? Didn't you say that? Uh, I, put- I didn't even know that until you said that on the on the show. Well, what I do is when I am washing my hair, I will wash my hair. My hair is so long and it is like so straight that it is just like uh, it, when it's wet, it is just like a big mass, right? And so I wring it out real good, and then before I wrap it up in a towel, I put the towel on the side of the tub, and then I swing my head down on it, and I'll like bring my my hair, just my hair, on the side of the tub a few times, and then I wrap it up. But one of these days I'm gonna miss it, and my forehead's gonna come down on the side of the tub, and that's when you're gonna find me in the bathroom dead. <laughs> she cracked her egg on the side of the bathtub, doing what she loved. <laughs> Do you love it? No. I mean, it kind of gives you a little bit of a buzz, like flailing your head around like that. Uh, I don't like that. That's probably why I never got into huffing gas. I don't like the kind of buzz of like standing up too fast. Yeah. I got that today. I walked down to the river. I was looking at some old snails. Because for some reason, I, I don't know. I didn't learn this until I was an adult. See, I wasn't born smart. I was born stupid, like everyone. Everyone was, yeah, sure. And so I just assumed that snails and little bivalves, the little scallop-type guys, you know, the two little cups, and then there's meat inside, and <laughs> yeah, that's uh-huh. the part that's alive. Yeah. I didn't realize that those could just be in a little river. And what's more is that our section of river is, like, in between two dams. So to me, the way that I think about it, like, I can't believe there's anything alive in there to begin with because they dammed it up. And something would have to go over the dam mm-hmm. to, like, move into there. Do you get what I'm saying? Right. But we have these fucking snails. And I was crouched down and I was looking at them. And then I stood up, which is a mistake. Why Why would you ever be crouched down and then stand up? You would lose <laughs> all your blood pressure. What you're supposed to do is you're supposed to plop onto your butt. And then you're supposed to spread out and lay out flat. And then you're supposed to roll so you're facing down. Okay. And then get on your hands and knees. And then real slowly get up. Okay. I got to start. I got to start doing that. <laughs> I think maybe, I think maybe over time my blood pressure has gone down. I think I don't have enough anymore. It's because you're too cool. You're too mellow. I am. So I think I stand up too fast and then I kind of. Get the spins. I I don't get the spins. What happens is I brown out. Mm. You know, it's kind of, you feel yourself going, you're like, hold on. (laughs) Yeah. I imagine that's how the pilots feel when they do G-force. Right. Right. How are you feeling? You stand up. Yeah. (laughs) 
That's why you're not a pilot, baby. <laughs> Can you imagine how you would feel if you forced? I would. Well, that's the thing. I would, I, like I said, I don't have enough blood pressure. I wouldn't get to that point. What would happen is somebody would pitch the nose of the plane down like 8% and I would immediately black out. Yeah, right. <laughs> I wouldn't feel a thing. I would wake up Good back. Easy. At, I'd wake up back at the Air Force Base like, ah, oh, what happened, man? Did we do the mission? <laughs> Good job, Andy. <laughs> Uh, for some reason, my rank never goes up in the fucking Air Force, man. <laughs> He's holding the bottom down. It's fine. Someone needs to. <laughs> worst guy in the Air Force. <laughs> Wasn't your dad the worst guy in the Air Force? They wouldn't yeah. even let him on an airplane. No, they wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, no, you just go do something else, buddy. He showed up and they were like, oh, no. <laughs> And he's like, he's like, yeah, but I'm going to join up. And they're like, all right, well, take a test. We'll see if you can do something else because you're not flying a plane. And he took a test and they were like, yeah, actually, you're going to fucking spy on the Russians. <laughs> yeah, our family, not Air Force members. No, they weren't. Not, not good at enduring G-Force. <laughs> right. <laughs> so... What they would do, okay, so when they would do laundry, right, they would agitate it in water, right, and they would rub it or twist it or smack it on the rocks, right? And they would call the rock that they would beat their clothes on a beetling stone. Okay. And they would beat all the dirt off with a washing paddle or a battling stick. Um, and then they would sometimes have a wooden or stone surface that had like corrugated or like texture on it that they would, right? Oh, like a washboard. Yeah, but they would have, like in the old days, they didn't have washboards. They weren't like manufactured. They would just get a lucky rock, maybe. Or they would have like a wooden thing that they that they would use. And so then once they were satisfied with how clean the clothes were, they would wring them out. And they would hang them up on poles or on clotheslines. Sometimes they would just spread them out on the grass or in the bushes or in the trees. Okay. And that was the end of the story, baby. Throw your clean shirt in the bushes. Uh-huh. And then eventually, like, as time progressed and people were like, oh, we all need to wash our clothes. And they're like, oh, we got this little society. We got a little village. And now everyone needs to wash their clothes. Then they started having washing houses. And so they would have water from a stream or a spring that would get channeled into a building. And then they would do the wash there. And usually it would just be like a roof with no walls. It would just be like a roofed area where you can just go in there and, and clean your clothes off. Like a shelter house at a park. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. I wonder if that's what they originally were. <laughs> Probably, yeah. <laughs> um, when they had these, they would have stone lips that were inclined towards the water that people would beat their clothes on. Okay. And so these washing houses, everybody in town would use them. All the different families, everybody. They would just show up there to do their laundry. So that's like social, man. You hang out with the ladies. You go down to the washing house and all the girls are there. You just sit there and, and beat your clothes on a rock and you just shit talk people. Oh, that's, yeah. That's all right. Like, there is the toil associated with, like, life in the olden days, right? Yeah. But, like, it always seemed like it was wrapped up with, like, socializing because everyone had to toil and so they would just do it together. There's diff That's different than standing in your basement by yourself and just, like, loading stuff into a machine and just standing there. And I know that there's a, a notion of convenience because I don't like to drive to the laundromat. 
Mm-hmm. That's why we eventually got a washer and dryer. I don't like driving to the laundromat, right? Mm-hmm. But you also note that washing your clothes used to be free, and now it's not. <laughs> People invented paying to have to do everything. Washing your clothes used to be you and the river and a rock. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And you didn't use a whole bunch of nasty chemicals that you then dumped into the water. It was just you and the river, baby. Just you and the rock. So uh, they did an experiment and I believe this was a mop in a floor. And this is this is a pretty crude experiment. But people conducted this experiment. Uh, I I don't know what kind of uh, credentials the scientist had, but they performed this experiment where they mopped a floor with hot soapy water, right? Mm-hmm. Then they tried mopping a floor just with hot water. Then they tried mopping a floor with cold soapy water. And what they found was that having hot water or cold soapy water works okay, and using hot soapy water works the best. <laughs> Both the hot plain water and the cold soapy water did an okay job. Right. So washing your clothes in the river probably worked all right. Yeah, I mean, it probably worked fine. My feelings are, with cleaning, is that if you need to sterilize it or you need it to be, like, so clean that you can eat off of it, then you just bleach it when you're done. I'll I'll tell you, I have a controversial view, which is I, I don't want my laundry to smell like anything. When I walk around the neighborhood and I can smell people doing their laundry, it's the grossest thing in the world to me. It smells yucky, yeah. I had a buddy whose uh, whose girlfriend used to do the laundry, and uh, there were some other issues. He he maybe never represented anything she was doing in a way that was fair, which is another issue. But one of the things he said was that she would always wash her clothes with an entire cup of of smelly laundry detergent, like the kind that's heavily scented Mm -hmm. because she liked the smell of the detergent Mm -hmm. so much. And uh, one of the things that I found when I worked at Procter & Gamble, manufacturers of laundry detergent, right? Right, right. Is that you actually, the the amount they tell you that is one serving of detergent for one load of clothes is about three times as much as you actually need. It looks like nothing Uh in the cup. The serving of one looks like nothing. You need a third of that. I'm not fucking around with you. I have a bottle of liquid laundry detergent. I've had it for like two years. You need very little detergent to wash your clothes. If you have something that's mildewed, it's smelly, you got cooking oil on it, you were doing something especially dirty or grimy, you got grease on your clothes, of course you need more soap. But day to day, like you moped around in your fucking house, and then you took your shirt off, it's barely dirty. You need a very small amount of laundry detergent. If you use too much laundry detergent, it actually makes your clothes dirtier. Because if the washing machine is not not able to rinse out all of the soap it creates residue and the residue is going to trap dirt and crud on your clothes like way more than if you had used the right amount i would believe that i would believe that for sure i have complicated feelings about laundry detergent because i'm allergic to tons of stuff and the one thing i am allergic to more than anything else when it comes to like the immediate effects I get from it is laundry soap and especially fabric softener. Anytime I have ever in my life used anything that was not like dreft for babies <laughs> and the, oh, it does not matter what kind of fabric softener it is. Anytime I have ever used anything like that, I 
am covered in hives. Well, first of all, Dreft is funny because Dreft was actually the first laundry detergent. Was it? And the reason they did that is because they had a soap shortage, like one of the wars. Uh-huh. I don't remember if it was World War One or what, but they had some soap shortage and uh, they invented Dreft, which also explains the name Dreft. <laughs> That's not, <laughs> nobody, not name. nobody would call a product Dreft these days. They would call it Clean Buddy. Right, right. Maybe they would call it Wash Me Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> but well, I think the last time I used laundry stuff that had fragrance in it, because I think it's the fragrance that does it. Uh-huh. The last time I used it, I was just covered in hives. I had the worst hives that I'd ever had in my life. And they were like all over my torso. And I was like, I have to go to the doctor. I can't believe this. And so I went to the doctor and I was like, dude, I'm like covered in hives. He's like, let me check it out. And I lift up my gown thing and I show him my hives. And he's like, oh. he's so excited. <laughs> he's just like, can I take pictures of it? I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> that is the most classic underpants rash, <laughs> which is like apparently like a medical diagnosis, which is when you are allergic to your clothes. And so what happens is you will get hives and rashes that just cover the parts of your body, like anywhere where your clothing is in, in full contact. And so your underwear, since your underwear fits closely on your body, that area is where you get all of the hives. And like you will get them, like if you're a lady, you might get them like on your chest. Mm-hmm. But it is just the areas where your body has the most contact with the shit in the laundry detergent that you're allergic to. And he wanted to take pictures of my underpants rash and put it in a book. Did you let him? No. I, <laughs> I was no. I, Pay me. Yeah, right. I'm like, you know what? I don't I don't feel very dignified as it is. If you bring a camera out, I'm going to have to crawl under a rock and die. <laughs> But I got the underpants rash. He gave me some kind of creams and stuff, and eventually it went away. And then I've never used anything that was fragranced ever since then. Well, you know, I used to work for more than one company that made scented goods. One thing I learned when I was working in the in the fragrance industry or the fragrance products industry is that there are several fragrance agents that people are very commonly allergic to. The most common chemical that is used in fragrance that people are allergic to is called linalool. This is a major component of the quote unquote clean laundry mm-hmm, smell. Mm-hmm. When you walk past somebody's, okay, you go out in your neighborhood or you go out in your apartment building and you can smell that somebody's doing laundry. You can't smell it if they're just using detergent and water. Unscented detergent water, you couldn't smell it. Mm-hmm. Your dryer is just going to output steam, mm-hmm. which doesn't smell. If they're using this stuff, especially if it's in their fabric softener and their dryer sheets and their detergent, right? It is a scent that we've been trained to associate with cleanliness. Mm -hmm. That's why people use it. And that's why people get attached to that scent. Like my buddy's girlfriend, he said, okay, let's use laundry pods. And he bought her laundry pods and then they kept running out and he found out she was putting like five of them in every... In every washer load. I don't know. I mean, I think I, I don't like it when people shit talk their girlfriends. I was like, why don't you do your laundry yourself, man? Right. But uh, anyway, that's beside the point. Linalool, and this is actually a terpene. And there's others like geraniol and stuff that they use along with this. But you will actually find linalool in weed. Yeah, I've seen that on the label from the dispensary.
dispensary before. It is a terpene just like myrcene or caryophylline or uh, any of these others, mm -hmm. limonene, mm -hmm. any of these other uh, terpenes you find. They have a very strong and a very specific smell. So they're used a lot in the fragrance industry because they're generally recognized as safe because they're found in... <laughs> Plants. Right. So is like ricin though. Yeah, ricin is also found in plants. Urushiol, the active ingredient in poison ivy and mm -hmm. mango skin. Mm -hmm. I actually found that out. One day I got a mango. I was feeling tropical. Sometimes you get a little tropical. Yeah. <laughs> I got a mango at the grocery and I was just eating it like a bear. Right. I just cracked right into it. And I was like, I was eating it. I got about halfway through and I was like, I got a weird feeling. Physically, just a weird mental feeling. Like your brain is itching a little bit. And I was like, I've never seen anybody eat mango skin before. Were you just biting into that shit like an apple? Yeah, Aww, yeah. Andy. And so I looked it up and it was like, <laughs> oh yeah, mango skin is like poison ivy. I didn't have any problems. I went home, brushed my teeth, totally fine. But I didn't eat the other half of the mango skin. Right, right. It's probably a good idea. I hope that you don't go tropical again. If I go tropical mode, I'll just have the world's warmest coconut. <laughs> Hot coconut, baby. I'm going to look it up. I'm going to look it up, make sure that the coconut is not poisonous, and I'm going to go right in. Yeah, right. Um, So, obviously, laundry is, like, stuff that women used to do, right? They would wash all of their family's laundry. And if the lady of the house was, like, affluent and she did not want to do laundry, they had washerwomen, and they would charge by the piece, right? Mm -hmm. But generally, like, the washing house where people did laundry was considered to be a woman's only space. And so, like I said before, they would shoot the shit. They would gossip. I love gossip. Well, who doesn't? I fucking love it. I would be washing my clothes every day. I couldn't miss a day of it. <laughs> but in Catalan, there's an idiom for safareg, which means to do the laundry. But when they say that, they actually mean that you're gossiping. Oh, wow. I would be there every day. I would show up when I didn't have any clothes to wash just to be like, what's up, ladies? Let <laughs> <laughs> me help you with your laundry. <laughs> That's the kind of social interactions that we don't get now. Like, just popping in to get the general gossip of everybody. I want to hear everybody's gossip. I don't care who it is. Yeah. I don't care if I know them. I want to hear all of it. Oh, I can't believe that drama. You love to hear about it. <laughs> Feel like we're we're missing out, and we had to pay to miss out on it. Right. We had to pay for our own laundry machines. Right, right. Just so you miss out on all the comings and goings of your community. I often think that one of my biggest vices is how much I love gossip. I know I've probably mentioned it before. It's the thing that I battle with the most. And I've had my cards, my tarot cards, have told me that I'm being a little bit too gossipy before. Really? Yeah. Maybe like, you need to settle yourself down. <laughs> Stop running your mouth so much. <laughs> Stop encouraging other people to run their mouths. And you know what? One of my superpowers is that I'm not sure if it's just like I have a very friendly demeanor or whether it's just like I'm so weird that people are like, she can't judge me. She's weird as fuck. <laughs> but people will spill the beans to me. I don't even have to know them that well. I'll get all the dirt, baby. <laughs> and I'll roll around in it like a fucking pig. I love it. <laughs> I want to hear all about your husband. I want to hear about your husband's brother. <laughs> I went, I, that's, I, and that's, <laughs> that's, a, that's a superpower. I get a Twilight Zone feeling when people start talking about their cousin's dad like, I don't even know you. 
it's going to be a juicy story if it's about your cousin's dad, though, because I, I definitely don't know that motherfucker, but something he did is fantastic. Let's hear about it. <laughs> my friend's cousins. I don't even... Well, I heard. I don't even know most of my cousins. Right. If my cousin did something, would I ever know? I get such a Twilight Zone feeling. My cousin's brother's dad's uncle. <laughs> What's he up That's, to? I, I signed up. I, I did the genetic test on 23andMe, and I will get like seventh and eighth cousins writing me being like, hello, I am filling out my family tree. And I don't respond to them because they don't like it. But I would be like, That's fantastic. I hope you learned something. We're essentially not related. Yeah, you Except realize three cousins doesn't count, man. <laughs> if you ha if your first cousins with somebody, that means you share a grandparent. Mm -hmm. I am in regular touch with uh, one of my first cousins. Not even really super regular touch. Just my family isn't that close. What are you gonna do? Right. Past my one first cousin that I know, anybody else that I would have known and talked to is dead. Right. And so, if you have a second cousin, that means you share the same great grandparent. Mm -hmm. And so if you're talking about a sixth or an eighth cousin, that's like everybody is is an eighth cousin to either uh, Genghis Khan or George Bush. Right. <laughs> like just depending on whether you're from the Eastern or Western Hemisphere, you're related to one of those. Right, right. <laughs> but I got the genetic test. Everybody always asked me to fill out their family tree. So I don't, I don't respond to them anymore just because... They don't like it. They want your information, even though they're not related to you. Right. And you're so distantly related. Like, what am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to do for you? Well, I did. Um, I got a match. Uh, it is uh, not that far of a cousin. It's a second cousin once removed. And their name is Harmonica. And I really wanted to talk to him. But there was no way I could break the ice. Their last name is not the same as mine. Their last name is a very common American last name. So there's no plausible way that I could say that. I have like this very common last name. In my <laughs> yeah. Um, and there's really no way to open by saying, hey, um, I live in Ohio. I'm presumably related to you. I want to know why you're named Harmonica. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I should. What are they going to do? What are they going to do? Continue to not talk to me? Right. <laughs> how Americans are weird busybodies and they cannot handle not telling everybody what to do and getting their nose in other people's business all the time. Right? Oh yeah. Uh, so there's a lot of homeowners associations that prohibit residents from hanging their clothes outside. Really? And they say that you cannot put your clothesline anywhere where you can see it and you cannot hang your laundry to dry at certain times of the day. And so there's been this movement in some communities called right to dry, which is like, is your right to dry clothes in your yard. Gosh, you should be allowed to do that. Mm -hmm. Why? I don't, I understand how it comes about, but you would think that certain restrictions like that would be illegal, but what is the law? Right. Right. What is the law but another person telling you you can or can't do something? Homeowners associations are really crock of baloney. One thing that I will never ever cotton to is someone telling me what to do. And the idea that I would own property and I would own a little bit of land and then people would tell me what I could do on it, they could fucking suck my ass. I'm going to fucking hang my laundry out twice as often. I'm going to start washing this shit every fucking day. You can come over and kiss my ass. <laughs> It is just a legal way to allow people to maintain 
a, a neighborhood that excludes certain ethnicities and certain classes of people. That's what it always is. It's always class war. Right. It's always enforcing, and, and it's being done so that the other people in the neighborhood can feel like they're in the upper class, mm -hmm. that they don't have to see somebody drying their clothes outside. Right, right. Regardless of the fact that maybe you're doing it because it's free. Maybe you're doing it because it burns less coal. Maybe you're doing it because your kid's running around the yard and you just are going to go out there and do it while you watch your kid run around or right, whatever, right. right? Maybe you just like it. Maybe you like it and it smells better and you don't have to use chemicals. Right. There's tons of reasons why you might want to do something in a way that is free and outdoors. Right, right. Everyone's trying to make you pay for stuff instead of doing it free outside. Well, you know, Natalie, before we go, I, I read something the other day, and it was a very short piece of writing, but it said, you know, walking, just going out and having a nice walk, it's a radical action because everything else in the world is trying to get you to pay attention to it and take your money, and you just take your butt outside, and you have a nice little walk, and you go home without spending any money. Right, right. Man, I remember when I was young, I could go out and spend the whole day doing shit and never spend any money. It's the pay wall. Uh -huh. Everything is paywalled. Right. The experience of life is getting paywalled. Mm -hmm. Well, it doesn't have to be unless you decide that you want all the trappings of contemporary society. You can still have a simple life, but you have to, like, commit yourself to it. What did you learn today about laundry? I didn't know about the wash houses. I really like the idea of people going down to the river and all getting together and whipping their wet clothes against one certain rock. Right, right. And then just, like, shooting the shit. Like... Many hands make the work light and also like just being able to drag everybody in town like while you're washing your clothes, it really takes the edge off. <laughs> He's just sitting there scrubbing your shirt like that motherfucker. <laughs> Listen to this shit. <laughs> you love to see it. You know who is great with laundry? Corey Grella. She always smells fresh. Can't beat it. She never has sauce on her shirt. Nothing. Perfect. No. Perfect person. Crisp laundry. Never overly scented. You love it. Perfect vibes. If you were to go somewhere that would let you hang your laundry outside, Natalie. Harlem Township, I can't imagine they wouldn't. You know, there's very few rules in Harlem Township, but everybody manages to conduct themselves. It's because it's a place where nice people go to be nice. People <laughs> don't go there to harsh your mellow. Right, they're there to enhance your mellow. Come get your mellow pet in Harlem Township. <laughs> As always, patreon.com slash garbagebrainuniversity is where you go to get all the episodes you haven't heard and join our live 24-7 trivia game, our chat room. And it's where you can suggest topics for future episodes. Natalie, who told us to talk about laundry? Oh my God, everybody. Skoog told us. Cheese Curls told us. Alan B. Walton told us. And Dr. Hunky Chungus. Thank you all for that great suggestion. I hope we washed your need for laundry. <laughs> what? <laughs> I hope we took your need for laundry and beat it against the stone and brought it home wet. <laughs> yes, bitch. <laughs> well, thanks again for listening. We'll talk to you again soon. I love you. Goodbye.